0: paper thin um for this episode of the tasteless podcast i am interviewing jake uppleby also known by his professional gamer id no regret he is a grandmaster starcraft 2 player and participant in the gsl Codes. we talk about a lot of cool stuff including life in korea being a professional gamer the future of rts and other stuff like that before this episode starts i want to encourage you to go and support us on patreon that's patreon.com slash tastelesspodcast. We cannot make shows like this without support from viewers like you, so really, it is appreciated. And that does it for the plugging. Now on to episode two, an interview with no regret. Happy birthday,
1: buddy. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: man. Uh, how old are you now? I'm 23 years old. 23 years old. How long have you been in Korea for now?
1: Um, I came here when I was maybe 20, so I, this is about my third year. I came okay. in April, so... Is it weird to be 23? I feel like there's certain years that you hit
0: that uh, it feels really fucking weird. Like, I had that when I turned, um, I guess 21 was a weird one. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm... You can drink. I I can drink, but also, I guess I'm not a kid anymore or something (laughs) like that. Um, 30 was another really weird one for me where I thought somehow I was going to change... I don't know how. Right, like an I, arbitrary change. Yeah, some like kind of weird. Yeah. Butterfly,
1: you're going, you know, like you're a cocoon into a butterfly. Yeah, and, like
0: and I'm, I'm actually not really that different at all. Um, so, yeah, what is it like to be 23 now?
1: Uh, I mean, personally, it doesn't feel any different, but I do feel like time is passing me, you know, like I'm getting older. I used to make like the excuse, well, like I'd probably be graduating university around now kind of thing, but it, it's getting further and further away. Did you ever actually go to university?
0: No. You were? Did you finish high school? Yeah, I did. And you went straight from high straight school to Straight from here? high school to Korea, basically. Damn, man. So wait, how old were you when you got here then? 20?
1: I was a little bit younger. I think I was like 19. Okay. But it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> so
0: does it feel weird, like, every year that passes that you're out here? Do you have this moment where you say, okay, I, I I've really been here like for it. another year? And no, no, no. I, f- yeah. I
1: feel like I could just be like, I'm going to be here in, indefinitely almost. At least now. I I, I know it's kind of naive at my age, because obviously, like, my whole life's in front of me. But... I just feel organically like if, if I'm out of Korea, I'm out of Korea. If I'm here, I'm here. I kind of want to, I don't really have any time set on like how, when I should be out or when I should have a career or when I should do this. It's just kind of flowing right now. But I do feel as I get older, it becomes more apparent that that will happen eventually. You know what I mean? Right, right. So actually I'm a little bit
0: spotty on what exactly was your origin story when you came out here. Cause now you run the team house, right? Um, I think at times you've had. How, what's the most number of people you've had in the
1: team house now? Well, the max capacity is like ten, and we don't. go So past you have that. this
0: giant apartment out here in Seoul, right? Uh, you're bussing gamers in and out of the country. Indeed. And you're 23 <laughs> years old. How the fuck did you get here?
1: <laughs> this is such a bizarre so, story. I guess originally I lived in the U.S. Kind of with. I, I I was on a team that had a team house in the U.S. And I stayed there. And for whatever reason, I wasn't allowed back in the country, like. What? Yeah, it was super weird. So like I left. It, I was only 4 months into my 6 month because I'm a Canadian. I could can stay there for 6. Okay, so so they thought so j-
0: just to make it clear for the viewers. So basically you can be you can as a Canadian you can stay there for 6 months. You can stay there for 6 time. months. Right. As long as you're not like I guess technically working. Exactly. And then you can then you have to fly back out. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I left 4 months in for Christmas or something cuz it's actually so cheap to fly from like uh it was Virginia to Toronto. Okay. It was like a an hour flight or whatever. It was like 50 bucks, 100 bucks. I'm like, okay. I'll fly back. I don't care. So I leave and then I go get back. I try to get back in like two weeks, three weeks later. And they're basically like, hey, you need to prove that you're not immigrating to the U.S. right now. I'm like, "Uh, okay, how do I do this? I'm like 18, by the way. And they're like, okay, so you need a deed to a house, A. B, you need full employment with stubs. Or C, you need to be enrolled in a university. And I'm like, well, I'm a pro gamer. (laughs) So throw all half of that out. Yeah, I live with my mom obviously yeah. i don't know who ha- who has a house deed at you want 18? my deed oh First it's right off. here sir <laughs> like i'm like incredibly like shocked that they even need this kind of stuff so i'm like obviously i can't prove this and they're like well you can't come in i'm like okay well that's that's great so it, i wasn't like denied entry they just called a withdrawal of application or whatever it doesn't go on my record in any way I, I can fly there freely now it was just like this really fucked up thing where i like threw a wrench in my plan of you know practicing it's actually really hard to practice at home. If anyone knows, as a pro gamer, no, you you need to be around people for sure. I always find even just going back
0: to—I mean, obviously, I'm an American. Even for me to get back into the country it can actually be a hard. hard sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's
1: they they're just like they don't want you. But you just go back to Korea. Like I don't understand. <laughs> you got well, like, me because the... I'm
0: sitting there going, "Well, you got to let me in, right? Like, I'm like, "Yeah, you're American. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I um, I had this one time. I was in the L.A. airport, and I don't—I got pulled over to be asked extra questions, and they uh. The guy goes, so so you live in Korea, like this is impossible, right? So you, so you live there. I go, yeah, yeah. Um, he goes, what do you do? And then you know, then there's this whole weird thing of what my job is. So I'm like, oh, um, you know, I work for a big company out there. And they go, okay, yeah. what do you do? And I go, well, I make TV shows
1: because I, I feel like. It's hard. It's, it's so hard really to explain hard. what this is. If it's you're p- like, oh, I, exact, Actually, I commentate this game called Starcraft. No, I'm a Starcraft. It's a real time strategy yeah. game. It involves three races. Like, what are you going to say? Yeah. Right? So he
0: goes, he goes, he goes. What kind of TV show? Like, he's eventually going to catch me. Like, oh know. Okay. <laughs>
1: he got up. I have drugs in my bags. <laughs> he's a um, cooking show, <laughs> and it's like, what is it? So I go,
0: I go. Yeah, it's a computer game TV show. And he goes, oh really? What kind of computer game? <laughs> and I go, okay. Do you know the game Starcraft? And he looks at me, and he's got the stamp in his hand. and He goes, Protoss. Tear in. and then he looks at me like right in my eyes and i have to say zerg
1: and he stamps it and i get through you should have just been like night elf yeah night. oh god <laughs> <laughs> like it just detains you you can't come into your own country so you were saying that you were in um yeah, So i was going back in the states i was going back to the u.s they were like nope you can't come back i'm like okay they, they first were like i'll get a notarized stamp and all this shit i'm like whatever i do all this stuff and they're just like no you can't come in we're we basically we're just fucking with you right it was like a real arbitrary thing, like. You can't produce all this stuff. You're not allowed in. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, they're just like, listen, you just have to spend more time in Canada. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I did. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to hinge my pro gaming success on being able to enter the U.S. Clearly, that's <laughs> right. You know, not something I can do as a Canadian. For, you know, that all that immigration. So I was like, there's only one other place, realistically, that you would go to compete for StarCraft, and it's obviously Korea. There's no other country you'd fly to. So this was during Heart of the Swarm? uh right yeah yeah i feel like it would have been close to legacy i wasn't here either legacy just came out or because i wasn't here when legacy came out i don't think i can't remember anyways yeah 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 (laughs) so so then you ended up coming out here but were you on a team then i I was i was on psystorm which is like just a community team but they've got funds behind them and they're supporting players so they helped me get here but i actually had to contact people because obviously getting connections to creators were really hard especially as someone who is not relatively well known in the scene back then I wasn't I wasn't that good. So I contacted Huck cuz he's also a Canadian and he contacted me with MVP which was a StarCraft 2 uh pro team back then. Yeah, not which, to be,
0: not to be confused with the the player, but
1: Yeah, yeah. The pro player or the pro team. Back then it was a pro league team. And yeah, they basically hey, okay, you've come here, we'll pay me 500 bucks, you can stay a month and I'm like, "Okay, sounds good." So I came there, paid them 500 bucks, included everything, even food. was great great i think a lot of
0: people would be surprised to hear that at that point in time that you would pay yeah i I
1: basically did what (laughs) what, what's going on
0: now like players paying me is basically what i did for them right right it's almost like uh okay like we have we have air conditioning we've got yeah the house here you can sit here it's good internet setup and then you play okay that's that's really interesting
1: yeah it was great um yeah, so I stayed there for a couple months. It was like three months. I probably would have stayed there longer. We probably wouldn't even have a team house right now if MVP didn't collapse. Like, yeah. it literally collapsed due to the pro league disbanding the team, right? So I was homeless, basically, because I didn't know. They didn't. Nobody told anybody this, by the way. It was just like one week. It, it like, was really abrupt. They're like, well, that. we're closing everything down. I'm like, okay. And all <laughs> the players were like, what? Yeah. Right? Nobody knew. We had suspicions, but we all were like, ah, they're going to downgrade something or whatever but they just like closed everything all the teams disbanded so we just kind of were like well we're here now we're in korea nobody's planning on flying back so you guys are marooned in korea yeah your team house is gone so we're just like we'll start our own team house we don't need no kespa team damn we'll do our own thing
0: damn jake some badassery right there
1: yeah it was me and scarlet she was living in like a goshiwan kind of thing a goshiwan is like a very
0: small like a small 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 it's like a it's like tiny asian box apartment yeah basically
1: so obviously that's not you know ideal like we could both be living in separate apartments or we could get like a two-bedroom for basically the same price which way more space and benefits both of us greatly right right so we ended up getting like a cheap apartment in noksapyong which is like
0: that's the like um foreigner that's district. one yeah one of the expat districts like one of the immigrant districts in in seoul basically like next the cheapest to ita find a known place actually. yeah
1: we're just like looking up on craigslist because we you know H- housing's pretty cheap in that area. It's right? very cheap. It was yeah. 500 bucks a month for a two-bedroom apartment. That's actually really good. Yeah, and we That's could walk really to Nooks Up Young for like you know it was a one-minute walk. So.
0: Damn. You know that housing prices are going to shoot up. Oh yeah, up they're, they're
1: probably like a thousand dollars even now.
0: Hey, try, try to keep your uh, mouth just a little bit closer to the mic Tests. there. Okay. You no, know, you're good. You're good. Um, okay, and then now this is ballooned into this giant house. Now you guys are no longer there. Um.
1: We don't need to get too specific, but around what area? You're south of Seoul now? Yeah, we're like an hour and a half away from Seoul now. But more towards the airport. So that actually benefits a lot of people coming in and out. Like, we actually go to the airport more often than we go to Seoul for competitions. GSL happens three times a year. And most of these people fly more than three times a year. So it actually benefits them to be there. It's like 30 minutes away from the airport. And now you're basically the, the conduit
0: for all of these players. Yep coming here i mean it, it's kind of crazy um because i've only known you for a couple years but the
1: the spike in uh non-korean participation
0: yeah and these qualifiers is way higher and yeah i
1: was looking at it the year before we came like the year i was in mvp including me and scarlet there were only five people participate the whole year 2017 five people the year after we had 21 people jesus that was the first year yeah right so I, I think even this this last year we had fifteen different countries of people come. So fifteen different countries. Obviously, lots of people have dual country or dual people coming in from the country. So right, you know, it's pretty crazy. Even like having fifteen different countries of people coming in and out of the house. Like that's so many different cultures, different languages. It's it's actually like incredible to like witness all these people from all over the world.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's uh, I think, not even indirectly, just very directly. Uh, we've um, I think you've actually aided. Hugely in the increase we've had in StarCraft Two viewership over yeah. the last two years, our numbers have actually gone up. But I think a large part of that is is foreigners are now more able. I always feel like this is misleading. One, I, I try to not use the word foreigners that often because it can sound <laughs> confusing. Um, non Koreans participating in GSLs, um, and even if they don't get that far in GSL, then they perform better at other tournaments. And we I think we right. have a much better ecosystem where um, there's better global competition because it used to be so dominated by. Koreans. Yeah,
1: I I agree. I think some of it is is the participation in GSL. There's a lot of a lot more competition. There's also a lot of interest. Like back in the day when there was all those team houses, that was very interesting to, you know, a lot of people, a lot of asp- aspiring players and a lot of, you know, fans. There's just more content that's just unique and interesting. And then on top of that, we have competition within Korea. There's competition abroad that's being done better because players are having better practice out here. And then Sarah also I would say contributed a ton to you know, the uprising oh, yeah. viewership as well.
0: You know, it's. can you unpack for someone who's listening to this why in a one-on-one game it would still be necessary to be playing in the same house as other people? Because right. I think it's easy to explain to somebody why um, a Dota team needs to all be in the same room sure. or a league team. Why is it in a
1: one-on-one And by the way, team play in StarCraft Uh, 2, competition is almost non-existent. This is very interesting. Because if if you put it into another one-versus-one game that isn't StarCraft, it probably isn't necessary. Like, for example, let's, let's say Hearthstone. Hearthstone has a decent amount of strategy, but realistically, anyone who understands card games really well probably doesn't need another person to talk to about it. But for StarCraft specifically, everyone doesn't really understand it perfectly. Nobody does. The game is impossible to understand fully. Uh, getting perspectives of other players and perspectives of your even your enemies in some situations, like Scarlet and Special play against each other constantly, getting the perspective of them can benefit you a ton. So it's, it's quite interesting that it happens to, to um, improve them so much, like just being able to have conversations over dinner about what you think about certain things can help you so much.
0: Yeah, I've, 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 I totally agree. Even for me, when I when I moved out here, I mean, I've been out here for, I think, 11 years, but just being out here and then being able to talk to other pros and um, play with other people in PC cafes, uh, but specifically just sitting down and talking to people. Right. When I first got out here, I was with a bunch of poker pros uh, who were former Brood War pros. And just being able to sit down and watch them play, and us explain what we're trying to do. Okay, what are you thinking when you're going for this right. build? What is it you're look when you scout their base? What is it you're trying to spot that's going to telegraph their next move? Stuff like that is so helpful.
1: Yeah, it actually doesn't even need to be, uh, you know, the best pro gamers. If this was just a house of people that could be below the level of where they are, you'd still improve. Like for example, if Maru is in a house full of people that are around my level, where I would say I'm considerably worse he would still improve just bouncing ideas off off of them. Like the idea or the point is that you're gaining something that you may not necessarily think about yourself and you can only really get that from outside opinions, right? doesn't necessarily need to be players that are better. Even worse players can help you quite a bit in just seeing things that you wouldn't necessarily see on your own. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how that, that, that
0: works like that. Now, what is, what is your background exactly in gaming? Because you're 23, I'm 34, so I've got a good 10 years on <laughs> you. So my like I grew up the first real games I played was on an original Nintendo, like an NES. Mm-hmm. Um and then my mom had a we had like a family computer, so I got exposed to um you know just I guess the kind of the, the
1: big computer games at the time, like SimCities. Right. And, um I'm actually curious about it some of it myself like I wanted to ask my dad why why we had certain consoles when we were growing up. Cause I never saw him play them and I never asked for them. Right. Really? Yeah. So for example, I never asked for an X. Ex- I was too young. I'm, I'm We're talking like six, you know, five years old. I don't know. I want the new Xbox or I want the new, I really didn't know back then. Yeah. But we had them. And obviously I was playing them because we had them. And I never understood why we had them until this day. I still haven't asked him. And I feel like I should now just, just thinking about it. Cause I actually don't know why never saw him play them. Yeah. Cause I, um, you know, I- I obviously
0: i'm obviously i'm from kansas so it's a place where there's not a lot to do right and so there's just a lot of people playing games out there um but i always felt like that was a huge factor for me it could I, be as well
1: for me too that could I, be why we had that is to actually just um you know have something to do at yeah, home yeah there's just because <laughs> i we we when we first started, i had we had pretty much every console going up right like right. we had a super nintendo and this had to have been before I was born, we had this, right? Right. And then we had the Nintendo 64, and then we had Xbox Original, then we had Xbox 360. Like, even before PC gaming was really a thing, because they didn't really know that. I got, I got into PC gaming on my own. That wasn't something that my dad was into. Yeah,
0: I was about to ask. I mean, it, it's interesting to see that your family had all the consoles. Um, yeah, but, but he never but played But at the same them. time, like, the fact that somehow you got into <laughs> PC gaming... Uh, that's that's really crazy so did you start with Starcraft 1 or Starcraft
1: 2? I started with Starcraft 1 my brother was into Brood War when I was very young he's I think he's like 27 28 right now so he's like that age where he would have been like 10 or 12 when I was like 6 right right so I was getting into it when I was too young to really understand I was playing the UMSs obviously back then I was not playing um you know one-on-one it was too competitive I couldn't really understand it but I could understand like tower defenses and whatever. But this was really good uh, opener for you know becoming StarCraft two player, right? Because I knew all the buildings, I knew what they all did. Didn't really understand competition, but that was okay.
0: Yeah, I uh I started on Warcraft too. I had this uh friend. This is gonna sound really weird. I had this uh this friend who had a really cool older brother, and the house, um, it was a kind of like a broken home. Like the a, a couple of the kids lived in the basement but like the parents didn't go down there that much. And there was like a lot of times the dogs would shit on the floor. and It wouldn't be cleaned up for like, you know, a few days. Perfect spot for a gamer. It it was was one of those places where I guess I I think a lot of people listening will understand this, but you know, the best place to go, if you're going to somebody's house, if you're going to play games on it is the parents, parents weren't really there. Yeah. Yeah, They were like, I totally know what you're saying. They raised their kids being in front of the TV. And so I would go after school, I'd walk to this guy's house and, um, he had this cool older brother who eventually, uh, I think he got a job at Interplay and some other cool uh, companies. Um, but I would sit there and we would watch him because he only had one computer. This is at the time when everybody only had one computer in right. the house. You yeah, know? I totally know what you're talking um, about. And so he had a computer and we would watch him play Command and Conquer and him play StarCraft.
1: And I mean, this is like, I guess, Twitch for me before there was Twitch. Wait, is- speaking on this, because yeah. I'm actually curious. Do you think that that's a reason why Twitch is so popular now? Because I feel like a lot of people our age were really into watching people play games back then.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think so. I'm always blown away by some of these really fucking stupid talking heads on TV that <laughs> do not understand get why you wouldn't yeah. want to watch someone play a game. It's great. I, I, I don't... It's actually great. I, yeah, I mean... Let me see here. It was Command & Conquer, um, StarCraft, and then also, this is a big one for me, um, Final Fantasy VII, which at the time was kind of like the big... Cinematic story RPG. Right. Even though, if you look at it, like the version that I was looking at back then, it, the it's graphics pixelated. Are, and, yeah. It's pixelated. Yeah, I mean, Cloud it's has like fucking paintbrushes back, for hands. And... You go
1: back and like see those games. Like now, yeah. you're like, I do not remember the graphics being this shitty. Yeah, right? I
0: had this with Soul Caliber. I was playing Soul Caliber two, and I remember just thinking, "There's no way we can get better graphics. <laughs> like this is it. You know? Yeah, it's like we've landed a man on the moon."
1: Especially when you're younger, you go back and watch those games like, how yeah, you're like no you right? like Golden uh, Goldeneye on Nintendo Golden sixty four. Yeah. Like it's almost unplayable. It's like right. a
0: slideshow. When you do the multiplayer, yeah. I'm amazed if that game did not stand the yeah, test back of time. Then,
1: that was like that was the shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was, was like raving a big about the deal. graphics. And back people then. were saying
0: it's so real. It's so real. It's so crazy. Um I mean it's, it's obviously it's still a great game, but I, yeah, I, I grew up Going to this guy's house. It's actually this is going to sound so weird, but when I smell if I if I catch a whiff of dog poop, yeah, I immediately go back to you think my games. memories There's <laughs> a conquer. dog poop wind yeah, coming and, oh, by. And, oh, oh my oh, god! Final I, Fantasy. Remember VII. being a
1: child and yeah, and Command and Conquer. These these minds are coming back yeah, to my mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah, and, and so um, yeah, I I've I've always thought it was pretty normal to watch people play games. Yeah, it right? is. I, I agree. And, I, so I, I'm always amazed that people are surprised. I think anybody who doesn't get why you would watch other people play games has never actually played a game. Right. You know? No, like, it's interesting. My brother and me would always take turns watching each other play Mario or
1: yeah, you know, any of the other games we had growing up. I mean, it was the same with me, too, because my, yeah. my brother was also older, so I happened to be watching more. You know, if you have an older brother, you know what I'm talking about. Right, yeah. Like, they were always the ones who got to play more than you did. But I, I remember watching him play all those games, too, when I was a kid. Uh, I remember A Link to the Past being like a big one. That was a big one. That was yeah. a big one. I was really young. I couldn't even read when I beat A Link to the Past. Wow. I couldn't even read. I remember not being able to read. I remember just selecting <laughs> random things. I remember like, you know, with, like, you get like multiple fucking, I'm like, what is a Ruby? You know, I don't know what the fuck this shit is. Like I just yeah. click it. Yeah. I remember playing that game. I don't know if I beat it or if I got really far and I was just like, this is the end of the game. I don't, I don't care what anybody says because I couldn't get past certain parts without being able to read. Oh but. my God, that's so crazy. Yeah, I remember. No, I I remember there, was, there, there was
0: a time I was super young and I would be playing these uh I, I guess this this might not be around your this is old even for me, but these graphic adventure games. Have you seen these point and click adventure games? No. Nope. So this was there was a let me try to describe it for you. So you'd have like <laughs> a, a character on like games like King's Quest or Monkey's Island, you have a character on screen mm-hmm. and you have a couple options like pick up, talk to open or close okay and 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 you click around the screen and the character moves around um and then you're trying to solve a series of puzzles to get to the end of the game so like maybe i need to use the the sewing needle to pick the lock on the door to find the the knife to kill the ogre that guards the tree (laughs) where i get (laughs) the apple the whatever yeah this Um, is before my time for sure so this what this is actually what most games were like there was you know, like, everything's a battle royale now. At the time, everything was a <laughs> uh, graphic adventure, point-and-click adventure game. Nice. Um, and that was, like, I was playing those, but I was definitely at this age. I think my mom... My mom used to play um, text-based adventure games. Have you heard of these?
1: No, but I can imagine what they are. <laughs> like, you pick one option A, you go one way. Pick option B, go another way. No, it's,
0: it's crazy than that, man. Really? Your fucking
1: mind's <laughs> about to be <laughs> I'm ready.
0: So... I think the most famous one is called Zork. Um, Mm. And she knew the people that uh, programmed it. She had some friends that were at MIT um, who were coding the game. And it would just say, it's just a black screen with white text. And it says, like, you're standing in front of a white house in the woods. The windows and doors are boarded up. Uh And then you have to type in, like, look at house. Or go east. Go. Yeah. And then you type that in. And then it would be like... uh, you're 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 now in the forest you see that you you can't see what you're talking about
1: yeah and then you have to by typing i think we actually had this had these in school when i was really young we're talking grade one you know like this is the youngest game earliest games i can remember are like a link to the past these are all games like really young like i couldn't understand what i was doing you know kind of games i remember we had some of those games in school like when i was in grade one it's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can
0: still get him now, actually. Um, anyways, the reason why I was bringing that up is that I remember playing, I think it was like Martian Memorandum, I think was the name of the game. It was one of these old games that had a lot of, I guess, just dialogue, but you mostly had to read it. Right. And I was just not at that age. You know what I mean? Where <laughs> right, I, could, yeah, so I, could, I was. Yeah. I, I kind of didn't know what I
1: was doing, but I was kind of clicking around and figuring yeah. it out. Damn. I mean, that's actually one of the greatest ways to learn, right? yeah yeah like i found that that was when i was accomplishing the most was i wasn't given rules or anything i was just kind of trying to figure it out on my own yeah and even with StarCraft, all these other games that's how i learned when i was like my brother didn't teach me shit you know sure i was just testing things figuring it out like we all kind of were especially in your your age for starcraft because that was literally like the founding age well man
0: i mean i remember getting online first of all (laughs) you know this was all up until that point i think i must have been maybe maybe 13 we finally got American Online, AOL. <laughs> um, and for some reason in my head, I sort of had this fantasy of how good I would be. Right. You know, it's like I haven't oh, done yeah. that. You know, I, I felt like my uh, affinity for the game you somehow. like dominate every friend yeah. your, in your friend group. <laughs> you know? Right, right. It, it, you know, and I just thought, okay, well, it's time for me to go dominate the world. And I would just get fucking owned. By, like, yeah. just, And people were so mean, too. Yeah, I remember. And I, at the time when I started, I wanted to do seven on one comp stops. Because <laughs> I, I find I found it too overwhelming to try to no, yeah. play I someone remember one that one. Too.
1: That was kind of also what I was getting on with, like when I was really young, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm and I remember I remember getting
0: kicked out of a game because I had too many disconnects. Because you know, <laughs> that was the time when if my mother picked up the phone, it would disconnect It you. would disconnect me, and so I had like six disconnects. And this, these guys were saying, "Ban him! Ban him!" From the comp Yeah, it's too many. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> Damn, these gotta, guys are try hard I know, yeah, no shit. And um and I got kicked out of the game, man. I was like so emotionally traumatized because I'd never <laughs> been like it was like I wasn't allowed to play yeah. with the um adults or just the other the other kids who were playing, however old they were. Yeah, they decided
1: and, it for you, you know. You didn't it, even get a like a trial.
0: Yeah, and then I went to a there was one PC cafe in Kansas City and we went to that and these these kids were such douchebags, they just I guess they always were in the PC cafe, right. you know, they just had access to this thing that I didn't have access to. I think I went down there for my birthday as a kid and they just trashed my brother and me and they were like older than us. and they were really mean. And, and weird. It, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was even weirder like, when it's
1: in person. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, these are a bunch of young kids being assholes, but um, yeah, I had to get all that out like right away, <laughs> just kind of experiencing that people can be mean on the internet. And then, um, and then, you know, when, right when StarCraft came out, it's like we didn't know how complex RTS games could be. Right. Because the game I played before that was Warcraft 2, but that was more of like, a, for me, a, a fantasy thing. Like, I, I'm, I'm controlling an orc army, and right, I'm right. excited because I'm controlling an orc army. It's like army. the lore behind it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, the idea of, like, building zeppelins to spy on other guys and and making boats and porting armies across right. oceans... That was cool. But then when I got to multiplayer StarCraft, I suddenly realized, okay, what is the right way to open up in a right. game? Yeah. And um, I kept thinking in the first few months I was going to find the right build that just won. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Didn't we all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then after a while, you you would start to realize, okay, there's something. Something's going on because there's a couple guys on the ladder and the bandlet ladder was just full of hackers and totally buggy but there were these private ladders you could play on and you'd see a guy who was like 53 and and four right. and you're thinking what is he doing this What does is he doing? god
1: or he's a hacker yeah and,
0: and so i can't remember if i brought this up in the other podcast but my brother and me would just wait in these channels and try to because this is before replays, by the way everybody um the closest thing you actually had you can look it up on the internet it's, it's called battle reports and it's a guy who's taken screenshots in the game and written an essay next to it.
1: Really? Yeah. I've never heard of this.
0: Oh, yeah. I'll sh- I'll show you afterwards. Um,
1: <laughs> but
0: um, hold on a second. My cats are fucking going crazy, man. What do you guys want? I don't know. Uh, uh, you guys can see it, they're jumping on the chair next yeah, to they're, us. They're getting a little crazy over here. Um No, so we would wait and try to join these games. And I remember there's this player, his name was Jolly. And um he was considered like one of the best out there. He was like a, a, a household name. If you were right. a fourteen-year-old kid and playing StarCraft, you <laughs> knew who Jolly was. And we would get into the game, and then my brother and me would start to write down what he's doing, pen and paper, what he's doing. That's cool. And so we wrote it down, and we went, "Oh shit!" He goes Reaver <laughs> right at the start. He goes for Reaver. Okay, so he wins that game. Next game starts up. We get back in, right? Mind you, only six people could join the game to watch. Right. You know, and everybody's trying to do the same yeah. thing that we're doing. Everybody's <laughs> dog piling on. Um, so we get in there, and then the next game, he doesn't go reaver. And we That's go, "What the blowing. fuck? Yeah. He has more than one build. He's already. got more than one build. <laughs> this oh, guy's a genius, no. <laughs> right? Yeah." And it was uh, it was kind of crazy, you know. And then from there, now here we are,
1: and we've unpacked. It's so, so different so much even more. from my time because when StarCraft Two came out, there was we already had Twitch by that point, not Twitch, we had Justin TV. Right. We were kind of the first to actually. Create an atmosphere where people were sharing what they were doing online, so yeah. there wasn't like this limit, limited, you know, game share. We had so much intel on people already. Like we had Husky Starcraft, we had all these people. Right, this is the beginning of Starcraft two, right? Yeah. Uh, there was just so much intel on what people were doing. I feel like our meta evolved really fast at the beginning already. Like people knew, like we had GSL already. This was being broadcasted to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, right? yeah, they're very early on. So there's just so much information for us at the start of Starcraft two totally said, different beast it's yeah. totally different right i was basically a caveman
0: yeah. i was like <laughs> you I were was learning you about were making fire tools we had computers yeah. already yeah you was... guys had like you know jets and rocket <laughs> launchers and i was trying to figure out how to start that's fire. Um, i kind of
1: wish i was in that uh, that that era because i feel like i fit more with that than i do with what i'm doing now because even now i don't follow the traditional meta as a pro gamer yeah um i like to be you know I, I like to try my own things and see where they where they work where they don't what they what they fail at and what they succeed at but there was not that there wasn't as much room for that in startup 2 because it was already so well refined well you also had a whole lot of people just showing up
0: with yeah. a lot of, of weaponized knowledge i mean yeah. if you look if you look back um I mean, it's still mostly, if you look at who the survivors, it's mostly dominated by the StarCraft 1 pros. Right. All, almost all the guys in GSL. I think literally everybody in GSL played StarCraft 1. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, but well, there we... was all these Warcraft 3 players that came in. Um, and there was a lot of debate at that time, too. It's like, was well, it going to be the StarCraft players or the Warcraft 3 players? Right. Uh, we're going to dominate. You had guys like Apollo, um, which <laughs> a lot of people don't know, but he's the Command & Conquer world champion.
1: I did not know that. You didn't know that? Really? Yeah, like, dude. I am Apollo, like yeah. Castor Apollo. Yeah, that's sick. You didn't know that? I had no idea. You know that uh, TLO is
0: Supreme Commander? I don't. I mean, that's not a major RTS. Grand Wizard? <laughs> what do yeah, I don't. I don't
1: know what. Um, I, I think he was like a champion of that or something like that. But yeah, you had all these people showing. up. I'm completely up. ignorant to everybody's like achievements before StarCraft
0: Two. Yeah, so there was all these different people kind of showing up. I think this is most profound in, in fighting games. Right. When a
1: new fighting game comes out, there's people from every, every other, other game, game. Yeah. coming in
0: there already. It's happening with our uh,
1: FPSs too now, right? Because like oh, for we've sure. got yeah. CSGO players switching or Overwatch play, people switching to like Apex or whatever, right? Yeah, those those skills
0: definitely translate yeah. um into other games, but uh yeah, it was definitely different in Starcraft. You definitely had people showing up and also the game was built around a lot of the ideas from Warcraft three and Starcraft one too.
1: Yeah, that's what is extremely interesting for me, right? Because I'm coming in as someone who played UMSs only. I yeah. was 14 when StarCraft 2 came out. I I may have been 13 actually, and I remember playing it constantly so, all day. But so, the so only you were
0: literally the same age that I was when I played StarCraft One. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's F2. what's interesting, right? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So like
1: you, it's almost impossible to be competitive before then. Realistically, like I I played the game. I was wasn't able to be competitive. Real like before 14, yeah. 13. It, it's so hard to be. To put time into something and try to be good at something at that age so when starcraft 2 came in i felt i was at the the appropriate age to gauge myself on a ladder and i remember the ladder was the most captivating thing about being a competitive person because i'd never played a ladder before ever
0: i love laddering this is the first ladder so
1: sick like i played fucking call of duty and halo yeah so as soon as i got to starcraft i'm like holy shit yeah i'm a bronze league player i can get to silver this is a thing yeah you know and i get to silver i'm like i get to gold and then i get to gold and i was like oh, i can get to platinum right i kept doing this i remember i got grandmaster in a year from when i first started playing so i was like 14 when i got grandmaster for the first time but it was so hard to go from grandmaster to professional because all those people from you know starcraft one from uh, W warcraft three or yeah they were just so much better than everybody else coming well, into it it's, it's funny too because you saw
0: different playstyles coming up right from the different games that people played right you know um but yeah, I mean, eventually it got refined. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, I'm a little bit congested here. Um, yeah, no, it's, it really is, I guess, a totally different beast. You know, it's just like when these new... F- Even when a new Battle Royale game comes out, everybody already kind of knows how to play Battle Royale games. Like, how do you want right. to loot or where are you trying to
1: go? Good movement patterns. Um, it's so interesting to think what would, what would Brutal War have been if they had the same level of uh, television from the very beginning. From the very beginning, right? Like Brewers, you mean like with Twitch? or Yeah, with Twitch. Like people sharing their, their gameplay immediately. You know, like imagine Jolly or whoever you're talking about just had a stream back right. then. And everyone could see this back then. Yeah, it's like, a good point. There's, if there's more um, information out there for everyone, you see a lot more pro gamers rise up. Because these are people that don't have access to this information.
0: This was one of the interesting things that I found when I was... Um, uh, like, I think I had an inherent advantage because I shared a room with my brother. Right. With day nine. Um, and eventually we each had a computer. Oh, crazy. Oh, that was madness. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I got to watch him play. He got to watch me play. Yeah, it's like and a our, little mini team house. Yeah, it's like a little mini. Exactly. Yeah. And then occasionally we'd have friends that would come over and they'd bring their PC. We'd that's land so there. That's so cool. Um, and I think that's how I got acquainted um, with the game. I think it, it gave me an advantage over a lot of these guys that didn't have anybody to play Another with. thing
1: is that you may not give credit to is that might have made you competitive from the start too, Right. Like being able to sure. compete with your brother as, a, as someone who has a brother is like a fucking, it's a big motivator. My Like oh, yeah. to be better than my brother at something is like a big motivator, especially StarCraft because that was the game he introduced me to. Like, yeah, I remember dominating him in StarCraft too. And that was like, hell yeah, I've made it. He was like at his best. I was, he was masters and I was grandmaster. So I just destroyed him every time. And then he switched to League of Legends. I was like, hell yeah, I have mission accomplished. You chased him out of the game. <laughs> mission accomplished, right? Yeah, yeah. But that that, that uh, competition with your brother already probably elevated your, the amount you wanted to play and stuff like oh, that. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. And we had a competition with other games. We were into fighting games as well. Yeah. My mom had this uh, rule called the three o'clock rule. <laughs> Fuck that rule, man. Um, so this rule was that it was well-intentioned, but it was that you're not supposed to be watching TV or playing uh, any games until at least 3 p.m. Right. And I think the idea was that I would go outside and climb trees or... or you know, <laughs> do so, what kids do. Do, do, yeah. do what kids do. But, I mean, my brother and me were trying to organize our life. This is back when you had summer vacation. Right, right. Um, You, know, you have three months off from school. She's working. she's well, I mean, not... Yeah, what are you going to do anyways, right? So, I mean... We would do things like bike over to our friends' houses and play there. Um, <laughs> we, there was an arcade in the mall. Loopholes. You didn't? You, did you not have any arcades near you? No. So a lot of the arcades ended up closing down uh, in the U.S. I think because they didn't do well. There was also a lot of drugs sold out of arcades because <laughs> you Good could just kind of kids. you could kind of stand around, you know, and, yeah. and, and if you're a drug dealer and, and you know, yeah, not yeah just I'm just sure just a lot of
1: teenagers go there too. Whatever, right. right? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. But we would go to these arcades. Um, we would collect quarters in the house and bring like maybe a dollar's worth of quarters and just try to stretch that out for hours. Like right. we, we would watch everybody else play a game. We'd talk about what game we wanted to play. You know, and we had specific games we were trying to get better at. I mean, eventually we figured out if we played soul caliber and we were good, could we could play it for be... a really long time. Yeah. You'd be yeah. playing all day. Cause if you don't lose,
1: you don't get, you have to put
0: another coin. Yeah, in, right? exactly. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit congested today. Um, so we had that. I remember one time my mom walked in, into the arcade and caught us. Why? I think she just knew. I think she figured it out. <laughs> She's like, where are they going all day? We were so busted, man. That's funny. Um, I'm sorry. What were we talking? Why are we on this topic? Uh, oh, right. Like laddering and, and experience Yeah, competition. And competition. Right. So for you, um, did you find it competing to be at all emotionally a struggle? Oh.
1: Because a lot of people in StarCraft talk about ladder anxiety or they get yeah. Depressed, this is one thing I don't focus. actually understand that much about other people. I don't know if it's like, I, for me, I'm trying to remember how I remember certain uh, milestones in my career were very emotionally charged. Like for example, when I was first getting into Grandmaster, I was really close. I remember one season I was so close. I was like, rank one master back then there wasn't there was no MMR, so I couldn't I couldn't tell for sure where I was. I remember that, and I was dominating everybody, and then the window opened and I started losing and my heart sank i'm like no right and then I, I got tilted because of like how emotionally i was into this like this is like before for me grandmaster was the goal right i wasn't playing right. on being a pro gamer that was my goal so i started losing and i went on tilt. i remember losing like 10 games around like fuck it i'm not playing anymore and i missed the window for getting grandmaster and for anyone who wants to get grandmaster the first time the window is the only time you get in <laughs> like first time grandmaster you do not get in mid-season mid-season is for the good players First time, you got to get in when there's 200 slots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once there's not 200 slots, it's way harder. So, yeah, I had to wait another season. And then the next season, I got it very easily. But that was, like, the one time I remember having, like, an emotionally charged ladder session. And then since then, I've never had an emotionally charged ladder session ever. Yeah. I For me, personally,
0: I I feel like I can just get owned over and over. And I don't. I just keep queuing, yeah. yeah I, mean, I just keep queuing. I actually queue more when I lose. I, I did have an issue when I would go to tournaments um, for StarCraft 1 where I would... uh I just was super nervous. I think because we didn't have a lot of tournaments. Yeah. And it was so complicated to get me down there. Mm. And this wasn't even like a thing. Back yet, then. You yeah. know, where it's like, well, why are you, wait, how old is the game? Why are you going down and doing this? <laughs> right. So I used to throw up sometimes at tournaments. Uh, yeah. I get nervous I think I've heard puke. about this before. That's crazy. I, 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 I know I've some other that pros have that.
1: had that. I've never had that happen before. But yeah, I've also heard of it. Uh, I think it's very different in our time, though, because there's just, there's so many tournaments now. Like this happ- If this happens, this is like, you can play f- hundred tournaments this in a year. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. There's just so many that I've never heard of any pro gamer now that's like scared of playing online or on television or anything. They're all just so like conditioned for it now. Yeah, it, yeah I think I think you actually right. need to be. Yeah. Like you actually, your your competition. If they have these like fears and they have these like, um, if they get nervous and stuff, this is a huge disadvantage in StarCraft Two. Like you play up against someone like Neeb and you're nervous, you're you're dead. Like Neeb does not get nervous. You look at his face, he's yeah, not nervous he does, whatsoever. His, his heart does not skip a right, beat. He is perfectly in tune with everything. So if you're nervous, you're fucked basically. I was worried about that because,
0: um, I get a lot of people on my Twitter. Occasionally, people bring up ladder anxiety.
1: Yeah, I don't. And I, don't and get and it. I see this. i really the
0: And I made some joke. This was a, a couple seasons of GSL ago. Um, because I thought, okay. Well, People would say they get too anxious to play. I yeah. thought, well, that's not good. It's because
1: they care too much about their rank.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is what I wanted to talk about. Is I think that so, that, so many like, people who watch StarCraft feel like they understand it, yeah. and then to be confronted with the reality that you might lose, or right. or, or that it's hard to lose, it, 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 I think can generate some kind of loop of anxiety.
1: Yeah. I I I don't get ladder anxiety, but when i when I'm really high up, when I'm abnormally high up on the ladder. I do not want to queue as much as when I'm lower, for sure. Right. Uh, I wouldn't call it anxiety, but more like. But well, that sounds more like if a if reservation. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, I'm really high up. I really I'm, need to play an. Actual I don't know how to explain it actually, because I'm not worried about losing my rank. It's more like I've done so well already that I don't. You know, it's I can only go down. For example, like when I get up to like six, seven, which is like you know we're we're getting at our like our stats levels, and I'm like, right, you know, I'm not stats. I'm definitely going down. <laughs> Yeah, it's, but, it, I think sometimes you'll see people who ladder and they almost treat it like it's a slot machine. Yeah.
0: It, it. <laughs> like the people that cheese over and over. Well, that's how I got, feel. I feel like I'm putting a coin in every time I play a ladder game. <laughs> yeah.
1: People do like cannon rush, like they have that one cannon rush and they're just trying to ride that high. Oh, yeah, those people will definitely like. I, I play against tons of people that cheese me and they will always delay the queue before they play the next game. Oh, you, you don't got want to. You don't want yeah. to get the same person, right? So I started arbitrarily delaying my queue to those <laughs> people because I want them so badly, right? Because I just want to. I want to dominate them the next game because I know how easy it is to deal with it if you know it's coming. Right. So I'll yeah. delay my queue arbitrarily and half the time I'll get them. I'll just absolutely fucking mop the floor with them the next game, right? That's and so It's the sick. greatest feeling ever because <laughs> those cheesy motherfuckers, so yeah, you know they're delaying the queue, right? And you're right, d- right. doing it as well. That's so funny, man. Sometimes also the, they, there's a way you can like message each other and then see if you're in-game or not. Mm-hmm. So if someone messaged me, I'll open up a custom game. So it'll show <laughs> I'm in-game, they'll queue up and then I'll queue up and get them. <laughs> I shit you not. Oh,
0: that's so sick yeah, I mean, I guess I wanted to bring up the latter anxiety thing because you spend a lot of time mentoring pros. Right. And um, I think I've seen you work with a lot of different personality types. Because mm-hmm. um, I think you do more than manage a team house. I think you do a lot of coaching, and I think you do a lot of mentoring for yeah. these guys. And I guess for someone who's watching this who – maybe this is something we can talk out right. together, but how someone who is too afraid – or too anxious
1: to queue up on ladder. How do, how do you do that? I would ask that? them what their aspirations are within the game are. If you're if you aspire to be somewhere higher than you are, then you should be playing ladder. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's impossible like unless you aspire to be if you're say platinum 4 and you or 3 and you that's what your aspirations are. You you want to be a platinum 3 player, then sure, don't queue. But I guarantee you nobody's like I want to be at my level, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone has greater goals in within what they do, and you'll never achieve those without playing more. You, lo- you learn more from your losses. There's really nothing to be anxious about. Yeah, I, I found if I look at laddering like it's the gym. It's kind of like the gym. Yeah, because yeah. here's <laughs> what
0: for people, maybe people don't realize this, but even if you're the best player in the world, you're supposed to be losing about 50% of the time yep, in I practice.
1: It. it actually doesn't help you to win 80% of the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, think,
0: I think people imagine that the best players in the world literally just don't lose games. Like, everybody right. in GSL is not losing anything. And then eventually they all stumble into the same studio. <laughs> go, okay. These are the other guys. Somebody has to lose. <laughs> Somebody has to lose now. Right. I mean, Guillaume Patry, who is was uh, XDS Gur, the first best StarCraft player. He was a Canadian guy. The first best StarCraft player in Korea um, was a Canadian guy that came out here. Mm-hmm. And um, he got inter- he had this interview a long time ago that I saw him. Um, this is one of the guys that actually helped me out a lot when I first moved out here. Um, and he said, if, if I'm not losing at least half my games, I'm just playing with the wrong people. Because he had some interviews on TV I where it. I think people assume that this is a guy who just beats everybody. And what is it like you never lose? And you, you just seem to get it. No, I mean, you're, just, you're supposed to just be losing constantly. Right.
1: No, I agree 100%. Yeah. Um, I've been playing a lot of other races now because I'm trying to be a better commentator slash coach and I need more information on other races. Uh, with my Terran specifically i learn so much from my losses it's ridiculous yeah like i will not learn anything from winning because the players i'm playing against are way worse than me right right but when i play someone who dominates me i learn a lot about like say vision and engagements and economy and like you just need to keep playing realistically uh, also you shouldn't have that issue where you're not playing like you know, Played a different era. There wasn't a ladder. You queue up against someone around your level. You know, what I right, mean? right. Now you have that. You have no excuse to not play. You know.
0: Well, I think, you know, and maybe I'm going too far with this, but is this? We're also in this era now where, like, there are schools that don't give out grades. Oh, you know, I actually, uh, yeah, I, I totally and, understand. It's kind of like
1: there's I don't a, know, there was. This, I remember back in the day, back yeah. in StarCraft Two when it first released, we had. A thing that told you who was better than the other person, right in the loading screen. You remember? Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but there used to be a favored, slightly favored, and even match. I remember that. Right. Yeah, they course. took that out. We're like, okay, what the fuck? That was weird. And then they took out losses, and we're like, what? <laughs> we're not allowed yeah. you to know how many losses we have now. I like, mean, I, will, I think you know, because
0: this happens a lot more in coastal areas, um, in the in the you know East Coast and West Coast is schools that don't have grades. Uh, kind of a fear, like everybody gets a trophy mm. at the Little League thing. Right. And Blizzard being a, a company in California, I wonder if they've almost adopted it. Adopted that unintentionally because even the bucketing system initially, or like hiding MMR, or yeah. taking yeah, away yeah, yeah, yeah. slightly favored, it's like, okay, but this is a we ladder. Yeah, right. I need to know if I'm actually interested in climbing this thing, I need to know where I'm at. Right. Um, Because I, I just wonder if maybe the so much of a certain generation of people have been exposed to
1: n- not having any negative feedback. I'm that, actually curious if that helps with anxiety, though. Too.
0: But I think no. I think that makes anxiety. Yeah. Is then if you if you've never been told okay, you
1: fucking suck or <laughs> you have lost, you're, you're you're all the way. I'm down I'm just here. waiting for them to take out ranking systems because realistically, if you're bronze, you know that's like a pretty negative thing, right? Well, and I
0: think it's good they have things like bronze, right? Yeah. But so like, you end
1: up in bronze, you go, oh my god, okay, well, right. I gotta you gotta get gotta up improve, there, improve, but. I think you know
0: they, they bucketed it in a certain way and, and, and they were trying to hide it. I just wonder if, if – because I think at this point in time, gaming is one of the last things that we have that will challenge us and really confront us with honesty oh, about where we're at. Sure. You know, where it's like, no, man, you're exactly average. Right. I don't want to be average. Yeah. I
1: want to be – well, you're not – And you're also you... fully responsible for that too, right? Right. Like no one's, no one's putting you in bronze. That is you. You are putting yourself in bronze. Yeah. You know? yeah it's yeah. like it cause, so um, you're fully responsible for your I, getting I, out of it and you're fully responsible for where you are so. i
0: never heard about ladder anxiety when i was playing starcraft one and i was way more active on forums and now i hear about it all the time and i, I just...
1: feel like i didn't either when we were when we were playing because i i used to have some school yeah. friends that played it and we just played tons and tons of games yeah. i don't know if it was such the competition or what but i we never stopped and be like well i'm platinum one <laughs> <laughs> like if yeah. i play a bunch of games now i might lose like no we were always like we got to get diamond we're not gonna get diamond without playing so yeah yeah we just kept playing and then, we, and then when we got diamond it was master. Then we got masters it was grandmasters right and there's this keep this keeping like this evolution of progress and higher goals and that's how we got where we were
0: i also feel like laddering is among the most rewarding things you can do yeah totally as kind of an intellectual pursuit yeah um i had this whole period where my leg was broken um for about four months, I was in a cast, and I decided to... I had never played competitive card games, really, um, and so I decided to try to figure Hearthstone out, and it was just really fun. Your arm, right? Not your leg. My knee. No, my knee was broken. Oh, okay. I'd been broken a couple times. I was in a cast. I, broke, I busted my knee in Azerbaijan oh. um, at, at a tournament it was how it was, does this happen i've never heard of things you don't like know this. about this no i mean like i've never broken a bone so i don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> I've, I've been broken a couple barely times go outside. I, i'll tell it. no so we were in azerbaijan um which i think a lot of I oh, it's actually an amazing country baku is an amazing city but I, a lot of people might not know where azerbaijan is you can google it just by the caspian sea um it's a little bit north north of iran um Great tournament. Had an awesome time. I was casting Starcraft 2 and Hearthstone down there. And um, we were at the, I guess, the after party. And maybe like an hour in, I had tried to jump behind Dan to startle him. <laughs> and, uh, it was, it was, what a way to break your leg. And so I, my foot stepped on this table leg uh, that I didn't see. That was And it popped my knee out. Uh, and um, I guess apparently my knee popped back into place. But I thought, oh my god! And I, I turned it down to me. I, I said, I think I fucked my knee up. I think I fucked my knee up. And we sat down there, and my knee swelled up to like the size of a cantaloupe. Yeah. Um, they had to get an ambulance. Um, and I was just dragged right out of there. I, I don't got know to if the... I'm just incredibly lucky. I've never broken a bone in my body. I mean, this was among the most unlucky things I've ever <laughs> it just experienced. This sounds extremely. Unlucky. This is among the. <laughs> this was a couple of years ago, and so, um. We were in this ambulance, and they let Dan come with me. Um, <laughs> and at some point in time, the lady, the EMT in the back of them, it's like they were driving really fast. She fell on my knee. Oh, my God. I was like, it was so painful that I started laughing. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I mean. I was like, ah! <laughs> it was just, it was crazy. Yeah, I have, I have you no know, idea. it idea. I was in so much pain. Uh, we got down there. Um, they put a cast on me. I had to fly from Bakudu. Doa and cutter or Qatar. Is it Qatar or is it cutter? C- I've guitar. heard of I've never heard of Cutter. But yeah. I, um I, I was I had put in a wheelchair. I had to get from there I got had to be flown back to Seoul. And um and then they had to again do like a whole MRI thing on it and, and um yeah, and they said you're gonna be in a cast for four months. And um and so I decided in that time I'm like, Well I'm gonna try to get a little project going. Right. I'm going to try to learn how to play competitive card games because my brother played a lot of Magic. I wasn't as into it. Dan used to go to Magic the Gathering tournaments, and I thought, okay, I can do this. I can figure this out. Right. Um, and I did some research on like competitive card game theory and um, learned that. And it was really fun for me to ladder, and I eventually got Legend. Right. Um, but I love that experience. Yeah, of course. Um, and that was how I tried to use yeah, my... Did you my... ever have ladder anxiety in Hearthstone? Like... <laughs> No, I did. Well, I did once. Uh, I, I think I, I was like right at rank one, and I bumped into Forsen, yeah. and I went, "Oh, is it really Forsen?" Yeah, and we had a good game, and then he he killed me. But I, that was more like, "Oh my god!" Is it? and I yeah. But you still queued up after, for that after, game, after right? the game was done. I opened it up, and I'm like, "Okay, it is him. I see him streaming the game." <laughs> um, no, I never got. Ang- I don't think you can get anxiety though as easily
1: in a card game. I think that turn based games. It should work the same way, though, you'd think, right? Because it's still a ranking system. You still don't want to lose your star or whatever, right? Yeah. It's weird to think about it. But it's, I don't...
0: I mean, do you hear people saying they have anxiety? No. I just... In I feel like I only, matches, Go- yeah. I only hear this in StarCraft. I only hear this in StarCraft.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know why.
0: Like, one Maybe it's because one, you're kind of... You're juggling this
1: mechanical... Sure.
0: Component. But you're just you're as like... making stuff. My, and, my
1: point is you're just as... Um, responsible for your winner loss in hearthstone as you are in Starcraft, right right well a lot of people on
0: hearthstone reddit would disagree with you but
1: (laughs) perhaps it could be the fact that people feel like they are jouting their abilities before they play their game
0: well that's probably the core of ladder anxiety is this this it's it you're you're more focused on where you want to be than being confronted with where you might actually be at sure you know because the best players I know can just lose all day and not... Yeah, you
1: just keep playing. You just feel keep much.
0: Yeah, you just keep playing. And I think you also have to take advantage of what your loss was. Like, you can't be a whiny bitch <laughs> and truly blame your ace entirely if, if, and, and get better. There's a lot of players that just whine. I was talking to Clinton, Paper Thin, in the first podcast about this, that I feel like because you have companies like Blizzard that will say, we hear you, we listen... They you more. have this whole meta game where it's like you have to lobby for your race <laughs> I need race my now. voice out there, yeah. Yeah, where in StarCraft 1, there was one patch. Right. And that was it. And what's funny is with StarCraft 1, that game is shockingly balanced. And right. we're still figuring stuff out about it. But if that game had come out now, most certainly... Um, it would be patched and probably neutered well, and, and watered
1: down. Starcraft 1 is so different, though. Because like, yeah. it mechanically is so challenging that it can... it can. For example, if if people had mechanics figured out perfectly right now for, for Starcraft 1, it would be imbalanced. 100%. What do you mean by figured out? Like, imagine in Brood War, you could hockey as many units as you wanted. Oh, the game would be a you disaster. Could, well, my, my, my point is, if you found the way to be that efficient in Brood War, the game would be broken right right like it's just so mechanically demanding that even though it's basically figured out to the maximum a human can do right but if for whatever reason you could elevate that it would be more imbalanced yeah i think starcraft one has this interesting factor
0: where it, it's people don't seem to understand that the game is actually about priority right you can't do everything
1: and oh, I, it's I, just I, impossible there's
0: gonna be some tl kid who's gonna start talk hold on a second hey 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 guys guys sorry my cats are fighting <laughs> the podcast, um, the, the bane of the podcast right, existence, man. is the cats. They were really good in the last podcast, but now they're like running all over here and jumping around. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> we were talking about uh, Bird oh, Wars. you know, you'll, you'll get some kid on Team Liquid who will say, "But Flash does everything perfectly." No, he, he doesn't. does, and I've watched his stream. It, yeah. He's, he has to prioritize things. But Star, Starcraft Two is a sped up right game where they have clean up the mechanics because the mechanical component of
1: Starcraft One. Makes it almost impossible for new people to come in. Yep. Um, my, my point being, though, Starcraft 2 needs that, right? If we just touched right. it once and we're just like, we're done, the game would be horribly broken because the mechanics are so easy to, much easier to perfect. Right. And it becomes more of a what unit beats what unit, what strategy beats what strategy. Whereas in War, it's not necessarily the case, right? You don't go into a game against Flash and be like, well, this strategy is going to beat his strategy, or this unit's going to beat his unit. Like It's way more like you just mechanically have to keep up with him. Right, and then then there's also, you know, um, there's so many
0: little mini-games. The game, if you look at the StarCraft 1 game, it looks like it's much slower. Both StarCraft 2 and StarCraft 1 players are playing at basically the same speed. We could even chart that with APM. Um, But in StarCraft 1, they're having to do all the heavy lifting mechanically. And I know that and I think a lot of publishers wanted to stray away from that, is that's not what we were trying to do. We were trying to make a strategy game. Yeah, well, the, mecha- the mechanical component's
1: really important Well, they, as well. Even between iterations of StarCraft 2, the, the mechanics have gone way down. Like, for example, yeah. in the beginning, you had to split your own workers. You didn't have F2. Like, this is Wings of Liberty, right? That's right. They've automated a lot yeah, of they've done parts. a ton of it. They they literally have numbers over do, your hatcheries. Do you think that's bad? Um. What is your take on that? It depends on the way you want the game to go. Because the more you do this, the more you go into like the mental aspect of the game, right? Right. The more we refine mechanics and make them less important, the more the mind games become important. Right. So it's a kind of a question of do you prefer mechanical game versus the mind games? They've had this
0: um, issue with fighting games off and on. Is it some combos are very hard to input in some fighting games. And in other fighting games, they make the combos incredibly easy. Right, and it's basically this argument of, like, I'll take um, let's take Street Fighter Four for instance. You can know what the combo is, and still not be able to do it if you practice a lot. Like, you really have to have right. that input perfect. Um, I might be getting which one. I think it was Marvel vs. Capcom Three. I'm actually not
1: going to know any fighting combo, games. Combo but... combo input was very easy. Um, but I understand what you're where you're going with this, anyways.
0: Yeah, uh, but. What I'm trying to get at is basically, I, I I see both sides of the argument, right? I mean, I see that you know if the game is too mechanically challenging, what about the strategy, right? But the game is tr- too strategically intra or you know, too strategically accessible. Is there, there's no
1: gamification of the actual right uh, way? It, it's it's, it's interesting to think about because I I'm actually okay with it going either way. Right. I'm okay with them dumbing down or making the mechanics easier. Yeah, and then we getting into like crazy strategies because that's basically what happens right right or it's kind of hard to just be a dominant macro player when there are people that are just going to be that and also be smarter you know what i mean right right like for example um scarlet is dominant with mechanics but she's also very good at doing strategies that will just kill you right, right. um so the more we become mechanically easier to, to play out there the more we'll have mechanically you know almost perfect people and then that kind of branches out to now you need to be better strategically by the way, just um, to put this out there, I'm
0: not advocating one over the other here. No, I think they're both fine, actually. I think they're both great games. I, I like, like, if them we both. took yeah. out
1: mechanics and we made StarCraft II uh, harder, it would just mean that people spend more time perfecting mechanics. Right, right. Which is still fine. Then we're kind of getting into Brood War territory, which is kind of why I like where StarCraft is going. Right. StarCraft two. because we actually have what we're talking about in Brood War, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool if we go the other way with StarCraft II. They're almost the different, like, opposites, where we can see which, which one... Like, happens to go which way and how they turn out so i'd almost like starcraft 2 to even go more this way so we have it's even even further just for the aspects of like okay here's our mechanically demanding games brood war and here's our strategically demanding game starcraft 2 yeah it's um it's, I, it's just really interesting to think where it would go even like say 10 years from now like we go even further down the rabbit hole right and starcraft 2 say it gets even easier mechanically where we'll go into crazy strategies. You have to find a way to beat your opponent, right? It I has was, to happen. I always wonder, because if they have a
0: StarCraft 3 that they wanted to make, you have two StarCrafts. By the way, um, they're, <laughs> they're both played. They both have about the same number of players. In Which each is game. crazy. Yeah. I've seen the numbers. Because so, people are always telling me, you know, this one's way bigger than this one. To simplify it, they have the same, almost the same user base. The same number of players online viewership wise koreans prefer starcraft one before, viewership before wise starcraft two yeah. yeah globally it's starcraft two although there are pockets in both there are there's a non-korean scene that watches starcraft one uh and a non-korean or i'm sorry a korean scene that watches starcraft two um but they're both about the same size but i would always wonder if you're going to have a starcraft three
1: right do you try to merge the two do I You think, try to go somewhere in the middle with those i think do it's you, impossible though because I think the reason why so many people are into Brood War is nostalgia now. Yeah. I think the game is amazing. Don't get me wrong. And I think as a, as a StarCraft 2 player, I can really respect Brood War. But I think a lot of them grew up on it, right? Right. And it was so massive back in the day, right? Brood War was insanely... It's bigger than a lot of esports are now right yeah it is it's and it's so it's big so it's so popular crazy. in korea still every like, time still i get on the train on it right? every
0: time i get on the train i look i look over someone's watching it
1: on the yeah sure for sure it's, it's just huge. so big i don't know if it's because of of uh nostalgia purposes obviously the game was amazing at some points and it still is amazing but if they made a starcraft 3 i don't see that all those brood war players switching over you know what i mean yeah. otherwise we probably would have saw it in starcraft 2 is my point Well, we did see it in StarCraft Two. Yeah, but we saw them all go back because Brood War had a bigger following still in
0: Korea. That is true. I think you also have situations where there's some players that are better in one than the other. Yeah, for For instance, Fantasy is an excellent StarCraft Two player, Um,
1: but he was like a god in StarCraft One. Right, but he seems to he seems to think Fantasy I think just prefers StarCraft. He prefers StarCraft Two because Fantasy Fantasy could be making a lot of money playing Brood War. Right. Right. But he prefers StarCraft 2. And then you have someone like Rain or mm-hmm. Sulky
0: who are very dominant in StarCraft 2. Yep. At times the best players in the yep. game. And then they switched back to StarCraft like, 1. And they've also did. been the best players. Dong and Flash. Right. They were
1: all pretty good at StarCraft 2 as well.
0: I think it's also that um, if you stream StarCraft 1 on Africa TV, you just make so much
1: money. Yeah. That's another thing. It's, so it's, I think, like, let's say in a hypothetical StarCraft 3 comes out. I I do believe they would try it. But right. realistically, they have a, a confirmed base of fans in Brood War. Those fans aren't going anywhere. They would have disappeared already by now. Hmm. I, I, I could be wrong here, by the way. We're just speculating. But yeah, it yeah. feels like the chances of this happening where they would all switch to StarCraft 3 and, and it would just be that is very unlikely because that's what should have happened with StarCraft 2. That was the goal with StarCraft 2. Goal, the goal was to kill Brood War, which we know is all true, right? and bring all those people to StarCraft 2. That was the goal. Hey, guys. We're just taking a quick intermission here uh, in the
0: podcast. Um, I do want to plug our Patreon and also a donor who donated uh, a lot to the point where we get to mention his name in the podcast. John Kernanke, thank you so much for supporting us here. Uh, it really is appreciated. If you guys are enjoying what you're hearing here um, in this interview or in the other interviews in the podcast, it's really appreciated if you can support us at patreon.com slash podcast. The donations there go to make this podcast more awesome and help us continue to upgrade this to make the overall experience better. Um, I guess that's it. We're going to go back to our interview now with no regret. Um, For those of you who have been supporting us Thank you so much, I love you guys This has been an interesting Phenomena that's happening with a few Games, or has happened with a few Games, so I'll get an example that's not StarCraft Here, Um, Smash Brothers Melee Now Nobody, same thing with StarCraft 1 by the way Nobody thought uh, Was thinking about esports when these games were made Right? Esports was basically non-existent Before StarCraft came out, StarCraft was the first Game that kind of Institutionalized and televised this and regularized. When you look at, um, when you look at what happened with Smash Melee, it was just supposed to be this this party game. It was a fighting game. It was attempting to be an improvement on the Nintendo sixty four Smash Brothers, right? But nobody saw this shit coming. Where we're still <laughs> learning about Melee, right? Where there's still stuff people are unpacking, and you know, Nintendo's had an interesting challenge with this because they want their new game to be the game right right and it's like how do you on some level i think they almost want to say how do we get these guys to just switch over it's not as we keep making these games they're aware (laughs) of what made melee popular i mean nintendo has some of the best game designers in the world and they're trying to expand on it and build it what's the new melty what's the new smash called smash smash ultimate thank you um which looks pretty sick. Um, and it does have a pro scene. Uh, I've got some friends out here that actually run some tournaments for that. But it's... Uh, somehow you can't get these people to switch over. And then it, it, you have to say, well, okay, well, what do we do with these with these guys? I think a part of it's nostalgia, honestly. I... Gosh, I don't know if it's all nostalgia. I would almost say part of it's that this game is just fine. and yeah, they, and, and they're fine. not happy with the, the newer versions... That are
1: coming out, or they think that the newer versions are well, the, lacking. The something. thing is, too, the newer versions are always way different, right? Right? It's not like they're just releasing the new the, the same game with better graphics or whatever. Right. And that's another thing. Brood War and StarCraft two are so different. They are. They're actually totally different. Yeah, I think they're like the two best RTS games ever made. Yeah, and Warcraft totally Warcraft III different. as well,
0: obviously an excellent game. But so, like, the same happens with the other games. So people just prefer the other games because they're just different. They're different games. So if you go on like internet forums in Korea. Koreans say, well, I don't want to play Starcraft 2. Everything's automated. Well, <laughs> I don't like that it's automated. And then right. in the, if you go on forums in the in the States, people talk about Starcraft 1. They'll say, why am I doing all the heavy lifting? I want to do my strategy. You're right. So they're both. Yeah, the thing that different. they like is the thing that the other person doesn't like. So I guess there's right. no way
1: to really marry the two. Maybe. I don't know. I, don't I know. think. I think. Yeah, I think, for example, if we had a Starcraft 3, I don't think they would go backwards in, in terms of mechanics. I just don't see it happening, right? Because we're moving forward towards uh, more automation even now. Like some yeah. of the biggest changes, and it feels so nonchalantly added as well. Like F2 is such a huge difference where you can just press one button, have your entire army selected. Right, right. These are huge differences that felt nonchalantly added. Like, oh, we'll just throw this in. Yeah. Like, hello? <laughs> this is like a different game now, right? And another thing that changed the game totally different is they added little numbers on top of the hatcheries or nexus or ccs that tell you saturation perfect right, saturation right, right it'll tell you when you're oversaturated when you're under saturated this was half the game you know yeah yeah. having a perfect economy was half the game and they just took that out nonchalantly like yeah i thought that was weird when they it's crazy, i don't even think they know how the impact even now also you can literally hover your mouse over top of like your supply right now yeah, yeah. it'll tell you how many workers you have yeah like that shit's mind-blowing like i can see i have 80 drones perfectly i'm like okay yeah, for me as a StarCraft One player, I mean, I had to. Yeah, I had to, all I had to retain That's all that. That's half the, of the work. Right, right. Okay, I, I'm gonna listen. even in StarCraft 1, or StarCraft Two, like Wings of Liberty, that was half the work. Right, and it's just gone now. Yeah, and it's the same game. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: there seems to be a strain from I'm trying to get further and further away from kind of the. the mental juggling i guess yeah. they're trying to make the game the are trying to make it more starcraft and where the hardest games ever made
1: that's right? what exactly so now they're I, trying to make it more accessible that is the point
0: in my head part of me wants to say okay but you have the dark souls of yeah. multiplayer games right like you should embrace it yeah and i, I think agree. a lot of big companies say well we want to get as many people
1: involved as, as we can and I'm like, okay but i don't know if these two ideas can occupy the same <laughs> space you know yeah um, Okay. I mean, even a hypothetical, let's say we make, we make as much automation as possible for Starcraft 2, it's still going to be way harder than most games. Oh, then basically like you're just, all games. Yeah. It basically becomes chess, right? There's no real mechanics in chess. It's all mind games. Like We're going to get to a point where Starcraft, you don't need mechanics, you need intelligence. And that not necessarily isn't going to make the game easier. Right. Like, let's say we take all the mechanics out. It's still going to be so challenging to, like, you have full scouting. You Like, there's no way they just take the mini-map fog away because then, obviously, it's not StarCraft anymore. Right, right. If they take that out, I'm out, by the way. You guys can, you know, clip this. And- it's interesting to see from a, from a developer standpoint what they thought was a... Feet, a, a bug and not a feature. Yeah, <laughs> you know. It it's crazy how nonchalantly they they changed these things not really knowing how big of a difference it it becomes. I mean, you should
0: have seen people in StarCraft 1 forums before the game came out when it was multiple building selection. People <laughs> going, "What? This is insane." Wait, hold on. I want to shift gears here for a second. I want to ask you a question. Sure. Um do you why
1: do you think people are not making RTS games anymore? I think it's just the hype of like certain games over like shadows certain things you know what i mean sure like the fact that uh pub and all these games are so popular that everyone wants to just jump in on it and i just don't think that there's much first off competing with blizzard right i gotta go back a bit competing with Please. blizzard for the best rts is gonna be really fucking hard right like all the companies that used to compete at, compete against them are gone basically right like we don't really yeah there see...
0: was, was i think it was westwood
1: Virgin Entertainment, with the people that made, can you look this up? Like the people made Command and Conquer, they're not really doing it anymore. Uh, The Warcraft, Starcraft competitor, like this is also Blizzard. Yeah,
0: yeah. One of the reasons why I was asking is, okay, so all the other RTS games that come out are copying a different RTS model, right? The largest model that has been copied is the Command and Conquer model. Westwood
1: Studios bought out by EA. Westwood Studios bought up by EA, and then. I didn't realize EA. I yeah, saw. so basically, so, my point being yes. competitors, They first, they have to compete with Blizzard, which is really, really hard. Blizzard's been in the game for 20, 30 years almost. I like, mean, I think out of all the games that Blizzard makes, they are clearly RTS
0: games are actually, out of all dominated. the genres they've covered, RTS is they, they have figured fucking out. fucking kill yes. it with
1: RTS. It would be nearly impossible to come out. Let's say I'm a new indie developer. If right. I'm going to com- make an RTS <laughs> to compete with Blizzard, it's impossible. But hold on a
0: second. There have been some successful indie RTSs that have come out. Have successful. You, have, have you played They Are Billions? Okay, yes. That's, yes. A, that's a great yes, game. Yes, They Are Billions is great. They Are Billions is actually... The, but it's it's a different model, right? It's modeled off of Age of Empires. Right. So this is what I was trying to get at, is that... Um, did you play Gregu? I have, oh, yes. That was a disappointment.
1: Yes, Gregu was trying to be a competitor to StarCraft. So that's what it felt like. But it was like.
0: using the, the Command & Conquer model. Now, the Command & Conquer model does not appear to be viable for... Uh, intense esports multiplayer. I think Command & Conquer model is actually a lot of fun um, to play. The PvE aspect of it is a lot more fun, I would say. Right, PvE, it's fine. And I think their abilities. I think is just a masterpiece for RTS. PvE, but a really challenging PvE where you you basically make... If the zombie touches your
1: building once, you're (laughs) fucked. We actually do see those RTSs, though. Like, some, some. Obviously, we don't see them in in, um, high numbers, what we don't see are competitive RTSs, because so, those are really hard to make. This is what I'm getting at, is that why has nobody just copied the StarCraft model? It's impossible, I think. No, no, hold on. Hold on,
0: because I, I really want to unpack like this. I feel like you can have workers mining from minerals right. and have a gas. It's the economic component. Uh-huh. I don't know why that can't just be well, recreated. If you want to copy training.
1: StarCraft, why not just play StarCraft, though?
0: We go, everybody's trying to copy Command and & Conquer and that keeps failing. I guess, and everyone's and it, trying to
1: copy PUBG too. Like, Yeah, this is what I was getting at. Is I that, think putting twists on these games are, are much harder. You need a big studio to back you in this situation, mm-hmm, I think. Sure. Even programming. I have to imagine programming in RTS is a lot harder than certain games. Like, it, it, that it seems. That I don't It know. seems. I also could be wrong here because I'm not a programmer. I'm a programmer. Very limited amount of programming. Yeah. Um, I feel like you need a lot of resources behind you to have a competitive RTS actually succeed. And a lot of these games aren't interested in competitive RTSs because Blizzard is just so monopolized RTS comp- competition in general. So your opinion is basically
0: that because StarCraft is so profoundly dominant, yes, that it, it, it com-
1: competi- com- uh, competitively, at least right. specifically,
0: that it's hard to have a company incentivized to try to compete.
1: Yeah, and also if let's say StarCraft was the PUBG or Apex or whatever, right. Of RTS, I bet we would see it or league, right? The viewership isn't—it's it, not like two hundred, three hundred thousand where people want a slice of the pie. Big companies, because big companies could compete with StarCraft. I'm not going to say that StarCraft is untouchable, right? It's just indie developers that I feel would not be able to compete with a competitive because no one's going to switch from StarCraft over to, let's say, fucking Bob Bob Junior's, you know, you know, StarCraft, whatever. Well, Bob Junior might disagree with you. Yeah, Bob I- Junior <laughs> might, but
0: I, yeah, I mean, you might be right. I mean. I guess also if you're going to get people to switch out of a game, you, you got to have money. Cuz one thing is very true about RTS is people seem to kind of stay in their tribe. Yeah. Whereas if you look at FGC,
1: people well, switch. People We move. don't really have a choice though.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Like I imagine, let's say, let's say League Riot was just like, "You know what? We're going to release our own fucking league RTS." And it's, it's very similar to StarCraft. 100% people are switching. One hundred percent. Yeah, like, no doubt in my mind. All like, and it's always gonna be the lower tier people. I would like, I would be in the in the category of possibly switching, because I'm at the level where I'm just barely not very good, but my understanding of the game is very good. I mechanically am very strong, so I just need some shift ups to become very good. Right. Yeah, you can basically so move all the in people and below, say, you know, major, Serral, like these people below, people that are just trying to break into the pro scene. Those people are very susceptible to sw- to switching. Because they are most likely to succeed in another RTS. It's not going to be like the dominant. Because the dominant are already making so much money doing what they're doing. Right. It's the people that are very aspirational and can't really get out of their bracket. Because it's really hard to do that in StarCraft. So you would see tons of people switch. I can promise you. We even saw people trying to switch to heroes. (laughs) Like people heroes, are desperate to switch. Heroes was
0: an odd time, man. Yeah, like <laughs> there's
1: StarCraft people were switching to Heroes, right? Like there were tons right. Of no,
0: them. no, there was this Exodus. I mean, even even for me, I was casting Heroes too. Yeah, it was just like okay, well, this is extra work. You it try w- it. Right. My goal is not to switch into a new game, but well, the purveyors sort of different... are more
1: kind of confirmed. Like they kind of have to dedicate it. Right, like right. They're, they're more committed to the switch. It's a little bit different for me. You can kind of dabble, but they have to like commit.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to a different studio. It's <laughs> like 20 minutes from my house, and 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 playing there, so it's not. But yeah, I, me- I remember that whole period where everybody was
1: suddenly a MOBA guy. Yeah, there were lots of them, lots of them. Yeah. Like Idra, uh I remember Sheth, LZ, LZ Gamer. Gamer. Like all these people weren't, you know, the top echelon anymore. They right. weren't. Like they were overtaken by other people, so they were more, you know, interested in finding the next thing that they could be good at. Obviously, it, it didn't work out. This is also a phenomenon that happens in esports
0: in general. Yeah, of course, it it's does. A new it really new comes out and you see... Well, we it, saw
1: people do it Overwatch. We whether saw it's tournament
0: like, organizers or... or, or, or um, uh, casters, you'll see this kind of exodus a shift. It makes sense.
1: Yeah, they're people aren't satisfied where they're at, right? Yeah, it's hard to do it in a rut when you're like for. For me, I I was good enough to say I'm successful in StarCraft too. right? And I'm ready to go to another thing. If 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 something was released, I would try it, and if I liked it, I would go for it, kind of thing. Right? It wouldn't mean I'd drop StarCraft, but I don't have anything to lose. You know, I'm not sure. the best player. Sure, sure, totally. What do I lose? I lose my ladder rank. I can come back and get that, right? <laughs> Uh, speaking of Heroes of the Storm, what do you think?
0: I guess I'm sure everybody already knows, but I'll say it anyways. In recent news, they've closed down, right? The um, HGC, I mean, HGC, right? Yeah, HGC. Um, yeah, no circuit. I, I I'll think t- it's t- crazy. I'll tell t- t- you what, dude. I did not fucking see that coming.
1: No, I I always thought <laughs> this I, might be a little selfish of me, but I was like, I was always like, Starcraft is fine as long as we have Heroes. No, I no, I thought because I was thing. always like. Heroes is going to be on the chopping block, but now that Heroes is gone, yeah, StarCraft is like the next on in line. Well, that's
0: what I always thought. Is I always looked at Heroes and I thought,
1: okay, well they're still doing their thing, right? So I think guess the way they did fine. it was like a really bad way. By the way, like it's totally condemnable. Right. I think the best way they, I I totally agree with cutting budget because obviously Heroes is never going to overtake Dota or League. It's not happening. I think that yeah. was their original aspirations with it. They're like, hey, we're going to release a competitor didn't work out as well as they thought it would yeah totally fine to slow it down a bit because that's you know productions are really expensive but i think a motto more like what we're doing with wcs which is obviously also a budget cut would have been better implemented there because the viewership it it isn't great but it's worth it to pr- like not be someone who drops esports you know like that's what the motto is is to keep you know supporting your games right, right. keeping people uh feeling like there's that support that you can almost trust constantly is worth the, the investment in keeping the esports alive. So I would have liked to see some some system where they kind of had the WCS online circuit.
0: Yeah, it's, or it's, more it's,
1: crowdfunding even. Like you could have, there could have been ways to work around. The, uh, even if they had to invest money, sure, invest money though. You know, like it, it's worth it's, it. It's, it's it kind
0: of weird, right? Because I don't believe that games have to go away. I mean, I'm very happy when I when I Mike Moreham told me way in advance that they were going to remaster StarCraft, and, I, and he thought, "What do you think about that?" I said, "I think it's great, man." Um, because they've remastered plenty of other games, and like I still like uh, Mario Three on Nintendo; it's still a good <laughs> game, and they've they've remade that a couple times. Why not just remake StarCraft again?
1: Um, I think some but, of the biggest things to come out of that was them restarting their interest in esports for StarCraft. You know right? what I mean? Right, like remastering is cool. Yeah, I got I got HD graphics. Not gonna lie, that's cool. Sure, but I actually think them investing in KSL and uh, in the esports side is actually pretty big. Like the sure. viewership is good. Right. Yeah, uh,
0: on the on the English side too, even though it's a mostly dominated by you know Co- Koreans. Um, yeah, the, Korean Twitch, the Twitch the was-
1: Twitch side of it, it's actually really big. Right, I think yeah. Africa obviously is it's a little bit different in English, but what the Twitch. Just, KSO, just to clarify, real fast, for the for the viewers, Africa, you guys are probably familiar
0: with Africa TV, but uh, it's like Korean be, Twitch. It's Korean Twitch, and so most Koreans watch streams on Africa TV. They don't watch stuff on Twitch. This is true for a couple different regions of the world. There's a different streaming service. China has a handful of them. Um, for I think, the foreign side, it's actually,
1: it's just hard to access the Africa side. Oh, I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> But my point being, yeah, when when we have Twitch and we have them on the StarCraft, they they do really good. It's totally worth the investment, right. absolutely. Um, but you know, when you when you pull the plug on
0: these games, it's it's kind of scary. And I get, I imagine they had lost a lot of money on Heroes, right? Heroes has to be more expensive. Heroes events, excuse me, have to be more expensive than uh, a StarCraft event. Yeah, one versus one. It's one, one Different, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can't imagine how much money they lost. I just didn't think they were going to. No, I don't. I think it was eliminated. it was kind of irrational, in my opinion. Well, it also signals um, restructuring. Well not just show. restructuring, but also that games can die. Your your your, yeah. your, your game can base you can be put out. It's, Although I think there are some grassroots stuff. There's some grassroots stuff going on with heroes, yeah, right? Well, that's my point, though, right? Yeah. Like if
1: if there's grassroots stuff going on, there's no way they couldn't have found a way to continue the esport mm. Let's say we take HGC and we're like, all right, we're going to make this more of a community thing now, or whatever. Right. There's ways to cut it without it seeming like a cut, right? Because this kind of scares every esport in Blizzard now. Like there are so many people. Let's count if we counted everybody without within Overwatch, within Starcraft, within Heroes, there are thousands and thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people that require this as their jobs. Esport players, commentators. It's kind of like when they, the- when we have these factories that get shut down, yeah, and then all the jobs go to a foreign country, right. and it's like, oh, well, we've destroyed a. Yeah. A town So now. everyone's getting yeah. scared, right? Yeah. Like, our game, we're scared. We don't know what's going to happen. They cut one game. Why not another? So yeah. Overwatch, everybody. Like, all the eSports employees. Like, I, there's just so much going on right now. So my belief was always
0: that... the I, I call this in my head, I, but I call it the facelift model.
1: <laughs> okay, <the> facelift
0: <laughs> so motto. keep the game going, but give it a facelift. Yeah. every Every so often. Let's clean it up. And I thought they did that really well with Remastered. And they kept it very honest to what remastered or mm-hmm. Starcraft one was remastered is a very clear, clean update to the game. Right. It's not a different game. It's just a, a, a touched up version. That's the best model because you can't have a, a situation like, let's say it's baseball. Well, we only played <laughs> baseball for 12 fucking years. Right. And then everything's about hockey now. Yeah. That's we can't play baseball what, now. The field isn't happening. made of ice. Yeah. It, that always seems to be very strange to me, the idea that things have to be put to sleep or put to
1: bed. It, it's actually very weird now that you think about it because imagine there's a, a traditional sport that doesn't have as much following as football or whatever. It just We're just like, all right, we're cutting it. Like, well, this in, general, this in general is
0: a disease, I think, within game development. Right. It's, it's, it's particularly with AAA publishers that have to answer to shareholders mm-hmm. is that everybody is trying to get the biggest and the best. And I've seen this happen in eSports, too, where people seem to think, I mean, dead game. That yeah. fucking stupid meme. This is now in every other game that's not big. <laughs> it it really used to be a StarCraft meme. Now it's just all over the place. Yeah, every can, game that it. Like can you imagine Brett. telling Serena Williams, one of the greatest tennis players of all time, <laughs> no one gives a shit about tennis. Because tennis Because soccer is a dead or, game.
1: <laughs> or uh, no, so
0: football is so big. Right. Nobody plays tennis. You still play tennis? Who yeah. even watches tennis? Like, watches, yeah. Nobody watches tennis. In fact, tennis is a dead game. Yeah. There's no more clay courts anywhere in the world. That's a crazy concept. It is. Tennis is a perfectly respectable, awesome game, but I think within gaming, I don't know what it is with popularity or because this is slightly more money driven and less
1: legacy driven that you have to be the biggest or the best. Another thing too to think about is a lot of the yeah. there's a there's an entity behind the the esport, right? Right, there's an entity that controls the eSport. Imagine if we had Tennis Corp, right? And Tennis Corp had certain amount of like quotas to meet, and Tennis Corp had sure. the ability to to shut down, you know, tennis. So this is um, if we want to go big picture here, because I think a lot of people,
0: I get asked this a lot. I don't know if you do, but people go, why Why are they investing in these tournaments? Not right. just Blizzard, all these companies. Yeah, why have these tournaments? Why do this? People need to understand that. Within eSports, you have one of the most unique things ever in that you can own a sport. sport. So imagine, for the the people listening, imagine you and I invent baseball. (laughs) Now, we own baseball. You can't play baseball unless you're on our baseball server. Um, We can legally shut you down if you're not on the baseball server. By the way, we own bats. All of it. <laughs> we own the balls. Merch, yeah. We own the gloves. We own the helmets. We own the bases. We own the television broadcast. We own the refs. Yeah, we own everything. You actually now, see
1: this best in for viewers is LC, LC LCS. LCS. Like they do yeah, a really good job Riot. of like selling kind of positions in the league, right? And Overwatch, obviously as well, with their you know league franchises. Exactly. And those are the great examples of essentially owning sports. And this is this is something
0: that you can't quite do with anything else yeah like i mean obviously fifa has attempted to kind of control but if i go get a ball i don't have to talk to fifa (laughs) if we want to go if we want to go to the parking lot of my apartment complex we don't have to pay royalties i don't gotta pay fucking royalties (laughs) Um, and so one of the reasons why there's this huge shift and people keep talking about esports and it's getting really big especially since the birth of twitch is that this could be the biggest thing ever. Yeah. In decades to come. It could. But at the same time you have companies that will pull out of games or pull away and and then it's and I guess in that case Heroes was never going to be the game that was going to make them billions.
1: Right. I think that's why we see a lot of At people least not cutting. as any sport That's I think that's why we see a lot of people cu- cutting back and pulling out. But even still for reputations, it's probably worth it to invest the money. Like Blizzard wasn't going to yeah. go broke keeping Hope of Heroes going, right? Like, when it comes to... I don't know. Stuff, I don't think so. I don't know, but it I It would be I amazing if I heard, no. if I read a headline, like, Heroes of the Storm, you know, breaks Blizzard's budget. Now, they're going bankrupt. But they could have found ways, I think, to either, A, soften the blow, and be like, hey, next year we're cutting it, or whatever, like, give more time. Because it was right. kind of like a, we're done. You know, and all the players didn't know. All the teams didn't know. They were all re- re-signing players.
0: Well, what's also strange about it as well is that, like, I... I hope that all these games
1: can kind of continue to move forward, assuming that they have people that still play them. Most of them are too, as well. Right, Like we're talking about some outliers that perhaps didn't do as well as everyone expected, but realistically we look at eSports altogether. Almost everyone is moving forward. Also, you know,
0: you take like RTS, right? Blizzard has that on lockdown. Now, um, Overwatch, I'm probably going to get some people disagreeing with me on this. Overwatch obviously is a first person shooter, but in a lot of ways, it operates as a MOBA. Yeah, I agree. It's a series of abilities that are. What, what, do you, what is that crazy look you're giving me? You don't agree, Melty? Uh, I feel like it's more like TF, a TF2 knockoff than anything else. Okay, so no, I, since you're not mic'd, I'm just going to repeat what you said. Melty's a producer, by the way, guys. Um, <laughs> there's, like a, there's a third guy on the podcast. He hasn't talked yet. We've been eating up a lot of the oxygen in the room. Um, so you were saying it's a TF2 it's type knockoff. You're correct. No, no, no. You're, we're, you're we're completely not, yeah, correct. It's, it's... It, it is very clear that after blizzard got uh lost control of dota and dota 2 went to valve i think blizzard looked at tf2 which maybe valve didn't give a lot of attention to and tried to have their own (laughs) Um, imitation i know i i I might be crazy But
1: i that's the way I see it Because I, I think I feel Fuck that. we lost But Yoda. still when you look at uh, TF2 Let's, and Overwatch And you break it down To what it is It's basically an FPS MOBA It's an FPS MOBA, right? like, an an FPS MOBA. it yeah. is Yeah I think um, Even Apex and all these other games That have abilities That control the way the game goes Like you look at other people You're controlling a hero with abilities yeah. You're controlling a, a shooter I mean with we, abilities. we saw this
0: with Smite initially Where it, like it was a MOBA But it was first person Yeah. You know So uh, it, it operates in a way like a MOBA. I, I can't remember where I was going with this. I think what I was trying to get at was that... um, I don't know where I was going with that. I'm I sorry. I don't man. remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, Anyways, I feel like all these games that Blizzard has on lock, right? RTS, that genre's on lock. Keep remaking the games. Keep pushing those tournaments out there. Uh, Overwatch. I hope that Overwatch never has to go away either. Right. I mean, with... With Overwatch, you have a situation where there is so much money put in there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see when it, when and if it becomes profitable. But on some level, if Overwatch isn't going to be the next biggest eSport of all time, it's going to be the end all. Does that mean
1: you're supposed to kill it? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think I could, I could recently see Overwatch being downgraded. Like it's clearly the right. the biggest money investment from Blizzard by far. <laughs> Like they built arenas for this game. They built infrastructure. They built studios. Like this game is obviously like they're wanting to push it. But at the same time, if it doesn't become the biggest thing, if it still pulls in the 200, 300K viewers, there's no reason to cut that investment. You know, you've already invested all this infrastructure and all this stuff. There's just, you have to figure out ways to budget it down, but not to a point where it just dies. Right. And it's same with heroes, right? They invested tons of money into heroes. And right. it just it just lost when you when you kill the esports completely. So there's got to be ways to just keep it going, even if it sucks and you're you're biting a bullet every time. But the perpetual like continuing the esports is worth more than killing it. I agree, I agree. Even if you're losing money, I still think this way. Well, also you're just
0: you're essentially when you look at like Blizzard um, and what they were doing with their events. The the idea was that Blizzard was at least to my understanding was such an awesome company that made such good games. Sir, your table's right over here. Take your (laughs) shoes off. Have a glass of wine. We have the best fucking game ever. And we love our game so much. We have tournaments. We produce it. We have prize pools. We love our game as much as you do. Right. And I think with the Heroes situation, you suddenly have a... Oh, not making money. And here's the thing: it's their game. I mean, it is a company. They do have a right to do that. I'm I'm certainly not here to condemn them mm-hmm. on that. But at the same time, for what I I understand, what the the way that I look at esports and what the trajectory is supposed to be, yeah, that seems totally like it, that it, it, it is a mistake. And it also like what it, they it signals should've...
1: to other companies that okay, now you guys can do it too. Right, right. It's just a bad way of of doing the model of like esports in general. When we're supposed to be perpetually like growing, right? All of esports—it's—it's it's projected to get so big, right? And I—and I, I think also back it up too. I'm sorry,
0: I did not mean to run over to you. Um, I feel as though it might be more worth it to just have it be community funded on some level. Yeah, totally. Let, I mean, that's let, what traditional let the marketplace
1: are. decide. We don't on have some a level. you know soccer inc. <laughs> like, right? It—it it is a lot of like the community. It's a lot of the sponsors. It's a lot of the people that you put in the money to run these things like, you know, I feel like it should be more like this, but we're just not at that level yet, but I do think we will get to that point later on. But another thing is it's kind of gets into a weird position because the publisher will always own the rights to that eSport, right? Which is what we were talking about before. We don't have a football being owned by a certain entity and then you have to license that out. Whereas in esports, they do have that, right? You can't, you can't run your own league tournaments right now. You can't run your own StarCraft tournaments without going through the publishers or whatever Overwatch, any game, uh, Dota doesn't matter what game it is. You, the publisher owns the rights to that game now.
0: There's a weird history with this because originally the Star uh, the StarCraft tournaments in Korea, StarCraft One, were all put on without Blizzard's permission.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, uh,
0: and so there's I think there's uh, there's a reason why Blizzard now is saying okay this is this is our shit. <laughs> okay, because there was a huge booming industry. Yeah, uh, TV networks were you know sometimes the number one spot would be a big StarCraft tournament on TV, and Blizzard was locked out of that. Yeah, people were making tons of money off of this I mean, back then. I think part of the inspiration for StarCraft 2 at Blizzard was to make an eSport. Was to make a, was, was, we're going to make our eSport now, and we're going to control it. And just to make it clear to everybody listening, they do control. Blizzard does have control now, but it took them a long time to regain that. Um,
1: I'm but, curious if you think that's a good or bad thing, though, at the same time. Um... It's really complicated. I mean, it's uh, really uh, complicated. Uh, it's, I don't expect you to have like a yes, yeah. or no. Like yeah, I
0: don't. I, I, I will say this is that Blizzard has continued to support StarCraft. Both it's true. One and two. There's
1: a good chance StarCraft might not even be here without Blizzard support. Right. Oh no, absolutely. I think, um, Blizzard
0: loves their games, and I think that it's tricky because we have all like now we have all these tournaments that are organized. There's no overlap. Like I when. There were periods where I was casting a GSL, and there was also an IM going on (laughs) and a DreamHack going on. They've organized it and streamlined everything. I think that's excellent.
1: I just feel Uh, like uh, for scalability, it's mm -hmm. a lot less scalable. When when the, uh, for example, LCS and Overwatch League, those are better examples. You can't really, you know, let's say you're f f uh, like a football. Oh, sorry. Let's say you're a football or. person who runs football tournaments like huge right and you want to you know make a competitive overwatch league thing you would never be able to do that because you'd be directly competing with overwatch league right right and i don't know if that stunts growth in esports or not but it's interesting to see i think it'll it'll keep growing though it's not going anywhere for sure i'm just curious if organic growth would be bigger in the long run than uh funded by the entity that's created the game growth it's an interesting debate because we obviously don't know which, which one's right or wrong. We, a lot of esports will die a lot sooner, but I, also that might be a good thing as well because then we might see more esports coming into it. Like, for example, yeah, StarCraft so 2. Complicated. Yeah, it's really it's complicated. It's so complicated. Like, if StarCraft 2 was never kept alive, maybe there would be another RTS right now. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'd, know, I'd,
0: I don't know. I think, um, I think we're going to be wrapping it up in a, in a second here. Is, how did this uh, podcast go for you, by the way? That was great. Is, is, right, is there, there anything, you want to you? <laughs> anything you want me to ask you? Anything
1: you want me to ask you, or you want to ask me before we? Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I I'm happy with everything we've talked about. I don't think we need to talk about anything else. All right, man. This is a um, conversation. Yeah, man. This is fun. This is cool. These mics are fucking crazy, aren't they? I feel like my voice sounds 100 times better in here than in than real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone's going to meet me in real life and be like, what? Oh the my same God. Is that
0: what he sounds like in real life? <laughs> um, okay, great. Well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, no regret. Jake, um, happy birthday again. Do you have yeah. anything you want to plug? Your Twitter or um, any shows?
1: or Yeah, just whatever. follow me on Twitter. Root, no regret. R-O-O-T, no regret. And Twitch is no regret underscore. And that's about it. And I play video games for a living i also run a team house i didn't <laughs> pick that up that's good yeah that's about <laughs> it all right let's wrap it up let's go party for your birthday sounds good okay that does
0: it for episode two of the Tastes podcast i like that no regret guy he's a charming fellow. um again guys please do support us on patreon it really does make a difference we'll help you to make this show into something awesome with every donation the show is going to get a little bit better uh, This show was hosted by Tasteless, produced by Melty, artwork by Alarice, music by Mark Lance. Um, I've got nothing else to say, so let's wrap it up. Have a beautiful
1: day. Bye-bye.